welcome back to the Let's Call It Nothing podcast, where we discuss all things fangirl. We are back today with more of Beautiful Creatures. And you guys, I think we've been here before. There were some technical difficulties on the <laughs> so, recording. like much of the world we lived in, the files were corrupt. So... <laughs> I didn't want the goriness of what No. I don't know what happened, but we're back. We missed last week, but here we are. We might be entertaining right now. I don't know. Let's see. We'll find yeah. out. Hayden will be the judgment of that later, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> um, we were... I went back and listened to the first episode of this podcast, and I was like, dang, we are so boring. What we sound like? Uh, it was probably because we were just, like, rehearsed, you know? I don't think we were rehearsed. I, think I we was. Were just nervous. Yeah, you were definitely... Yeah. I I'm always just, on. <laughs> or I don't know how you said it, but it Welcome was Welcome back to the Let's Call It Nothing podcast where we are planning to discuss <laughs> all things Yeah, girl. I'm Caitlin with the nine o'clock news and <laughs> I mean that's what it's back to like. you, Jerry. It was definitely it was definitely like Caitlin put on this I'm gonna sound like a podcast host. That might be it. <laughs> I think that's what it was. You know where like you take on we were just talking about where you take on like certain yeah. personalities or whatever. Like mine is is a like archetype personality yeah which is fun i think it's the writer in me that's just like i have to fit into all of these stereotypes yeah. right now because me myself don't i'm glad you don't sound like podcast host caitlin anymore and you, just you and me like friends caitlin. with me <laughs> Really? Because we've already been you, would, you would talk about me behind my back, wouldn't you? No, I talk to you in, in front of you. Like, I don't know if we can sit face. like this because I have to like look <laughs> oh, at you. Sorry. I'm leaning back. I'm looking like through my like the side <laughs> of my eyes and it hurts. Yeah. So we've talked about this before. Wait, what happened last time? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ridley? oh, Emma and Macon were talkity talking, and Ethan was a eavesdropping. That was, that was very nicely put. <laughs> and. <laughs> He completely forgot the point because he was so worried about him and Lena not being able to be together. And I was like, dude, there's something really big happening there's right bigger now. bigger things, you know, going on here. Yeah, and Emma gave Megan the bone bracelet. I just read that. It is October 10th, finally. October. The name of this chapter is Red Sweater. I am not prepared for this. Her sexy red sweater? Her sexy red sweater. Yeah. In that tone of voice. <laughs> that might be a little bit triggering, that voice. <laughs> it definitely was for me. <laughs> Sorry. We've been making... So, I went back and watched Love is Blind, and we've been making fun of Jessica off that. Jessica. Jessica. Because at first, she does a vocal fry, and then, like, when her and her person go to Mexico, her voice goes to three octaves higher than it normally is and then in her interviews she's talking like i am now and it's like girl come on ethan arrived home just before the sunrise he didn't go downstairs for breakfast fearing ama finding out what he witnessed last night ethan puzzled over what it all meant why did they want to keep him and lena apart <laughs> He Ethan. had to talk to Lena. Priorities! Ethan. Why can't we be together? You're 16. You can't tell me what to do. Uh, teenagers. I'm 16. <laughs> Name the movie, y'all. When they saw each other, Lena seemed more cheerful wearing a red sweater <laughs> as opposed to her usual black. <laughs> the sexy red sweater. I know we talked about this in our last recording and how there's always a sexy sweater involved and it's usually red. Except for in Twilight. It was brown. brown. <laughs> the tan sweater. Wait, was that? No, that was a sleeveless uh, button up. That was whenever they were twinsies. I it's, it's the same one. Yeah, it's the same one. Do they have the brown? 
Oh, was it a cardigan? No. It was a sweater, it was a sweater. over <laughs> the sleeveless fit. No. I'm picturing, Why, um, what's it called? The thing that's just like a turtleneck. And there's oh, not the yes. rest of the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ew, no. It's actually a D. <laughs> I just, kept reading the word sweater and I was like, there's a song I have from some TV show stuck in my head. Now I realize it's SpongeBob and it's the best time to wear a striped sweater. <laughs> is all the time. The best time to wear a sexy bed sweater. <laughs> is on a hot date <laughs> with the boy. Name Deepin. Name Deepin. We totally lost the melody in that. <laughs> we did. Um, I don't know what song you're talking about. <laughs> oh, yeah. You don't watch stuff. Like, you I don't watch, watch cartoons. I watched. Huh? You don't watch cartoons. cartoons. I watched SpongeBob whenever I was a kid. You did? I didn't like it, but I watched it. Time Oddly enough, I didn't sweater. like SpongeBob either as a child. I did. Anyway. The movie was a banger, though. Yes, it was. The movie <laughs> definitely was a banger. <laughs> the ending. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Goofy Cooper. Rock. Say you're a kid of the 2000s without saying it. <laughs> I want to rock, rock. <laughs> yeah, when they started. David starting- Hasselhoff's <laughs> Pex movie. Yeah. <laughs> that is in yeah. my nightmares. <laughs> the second, like, iconic. I I remember watching the movie for the first time with my brother, and <laughs> my parents loved showing us 80s music, mm-hmm. which, I mean, was a thing anyway, like, regularly listened to. But when they started playing Twisted Sister, it was like, <laughs> ah, this is amazing! Love that. I'm pretty sure we were the only kids that knew it was Twisted <laughs> Sister, but, you know. Anyway, sexy red sweater. Sexy, sexy red, red sweater. sweater. That was a tangent. <laughs> Get ready, because there's going to be a lot of them. She also brought him... Donuts. <laughs> Wait, how do you spell donuts? Is that not right? I think that's right, but I always spell it D O N U T T S. I've always spelled. I think it. both of them are correct. I think okay. one is Americanized. I so think it is D-O. too. Or is that like a brand, a it's, former brand? No, it's not a brand. It's because they didn't, they couldn't afford the rest of it for the neon signs. U G H. Those are some intense letters. I gotta say. Uh. Well, I think. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah. Maybe they just didn't want people to think uh whenever they thought of donuts. I think. No, I think the diners. Like, I think that's what it is. Is that like it was? It was too thing. costly to have that many letters. letters I like our explanation a little bit better. Yeah, I mean it's pretty. Good, but, <laughs> and it, when is D O? I think there's like a do, hyphen. Do yeah, do I think that looks stupid. Okay. Do nuts. <laughs> do, do nuts. Yeah. That's just inappropriate. Yeah. <laughs> Cut that one out. I don't know where to start in this anymore. What kind of donuts did she bring? <laughs> honestly, honestly. What kind of donuts not only would Ethan like, but would Lena bring Ethan? Did Kitchen make them? Are they from scratch? Are they like Krispy Kreme? Like, Do they even have a donut no, okay, shop so in Gatlin? First of all, I believe they're Krispy Kreme. Mm-hmm. Second off, I believe they're from Stop and Steal. Yes. Ah, okay. Because you remember she said she had to fight all fatty for them, which is what they call the cop, the truancy mm-hmm. cop. Are they just glazed, chocolate, chocolate sprinkles? That's I usually what our Krispy Kreme is. I was thinking chocolate. But they're probably I wasn't thinking anything because I forgot about this. If they don't want a donut. I always donut. said if there are donuts in the room, I'm in that room eating them. When we realized that my dad really had a problem with sweets was when I bought a 24 pack of donuts <laughs> from Krispy Kreme and we could only figure out four that he didn't eat. <laughs> he ate 20? He ate 20 donuts. Keep in mind, my dad is a diabetic. My mom. That's exactly what my mom would do when she's diabetic. He's 
like, I didn't eat them donuts. And I'm like, Dave, you ate those donuts. Yeah, you did. <laughs> He's like, no, I couldn't have eaten 20 donuts. I was like, every time you walked in that kitchen, you grabbed got a donut. donut. <laughs> and he sat there for a minute. And he went, sometimes I got two. <laughs> he ate 20 donuts in a weekend. Oh, in a weekend? In a weekend. I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah, it is ridiculous. I could probably eat like two and a half at a time. Like, yeah. yeah, I need two. But like he would, he would sit there and he watched TV for a little while. Get up, go he to the kitchen. Get up, go to the kitchen, <laughs> grab a donut. Donuts, grab a donut, go sit down. That might be too much because you know what else I want with a donut? Coffee, Coffee. and bacon. Yeah, because that's a that was a meal for her. <laughs> yeah, it was, was as a child. <laughs> what? No, it wasn't. I don't know. I'm just making stuff up. I know that's not true. Was it? <laughs> Oh my gosh. Whenever I was a little girl and at church, we would always have Krispy Kreme donuts every Sunday morning. You know, the glazed part would fall into my lap and I would look forward to it for a snack for later. <laughs> that is the most Caitlin thing I think I've heard. One of the most Caitlin. I'd be like, yes, there's more. And it's just sugar. Even though I also did that occasionally. I, w- <laughs> I wish. I'm the fat kid and I didn't do that. I just rushed it all. Yes, like more for later. I just wish y'all could see how Caitlin eats M&M's. Like, <laughs> I didn't do it this real. last time and it really bugged me. That's why I didn't know how many were in there. She sorts out her m That's completely normal. Not completely. I mean, like... You normal. One in five people do it or something. <laughs> like, But then you eat them mm-hmm. one at a time. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily eating them one at a time. It's how you eat them one at a time. I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> I see nothing wrong. I know wrong. what you mean, Peyton. I know what you mean. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with it, but it's just the way you do it. Because like- I'm going to be so self-conscious <laughs> in the next 10 minutes whenever I'm eating more M&M's. <laughs> don't have a problem with it because I don't have a problem with it. But I'm saying like eat it a very it's something we recognize If you point about out you. something about me, I think you have a problem with it. It's just like this internal thing where I'm like, I do that. Oh, no. Now I'm going to be... We know you too long. I'm just, not going to stop doing it, obviously. I might just make fun of myself while doing it now. Yeah. We it's just okay. pick up these ticks about you, and we're like, oh, yeah, she does that, and that's it. About just me? No, all of us. All of us. <laughs> like, we all have our weird little things. I feel like we're making up excuses now. I don't know. Somebody told me one time that I... S- rank loudly and it's bothered me Ew, since then. They okay. told you that? Yeah. I haven't been told that, but I think that about myself, considering how quiet it is in my desk area on campus. Go, 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 yeah, I know. Yeah. Every time I take a sip, I'm like, all I hear is me. I hate whenever you're like chugging and then someone goes, man, you were thirsty. And I'm like, stop paying attention to me. I Sexy do. red sweater. Sexy red sweater. <laughs> donuts. Donuts. Okay, let's donuts. get further along. I wondered why she was picking him up for school she explained they weren't going to school then he noticed the absence of a number on her hand not that it mattered he knew the number it's so cute where she like doesn't care like she's just like i'm gonna live in the moment be a teenage girl he realized they were headed to the town oh the next town over which not only had the movie theater but the place assigned for (laughs) the water tower the word neckin'. I'm sorry. That's that was used in the book. That yeah, was it was used in the night. book. Was it used? In- yeah, it was used in the book. Oh, I wasn't even talking about this book. I said the book I was reading last. No, night. No, it was oh. used in this book. <laughs> I swore I made that up. You so- made up nothing. No, I didn't make it up. <laughs> but I'm saying like for that part because I think he's like it's make out. You know, it's the mm-hmm. makeout spot. And Wait, does like, he tell her? No. No, he doesn't tell her. He That's doesn't not the kind of the point. He doesn't tell her about the back row either. 
I think he's hoping something happens every well, I mean, single he's time. He's a teenage boy. It's not like he's going to be like, hey. He's, I'm gonna do- he's just thinking about basketball plays all the time. <laughs> he's like, hey, yeah. I'm going to do the honorable thing and tell you straight up this is uh, the unsightly thing that people do here. <laughs> no, he's going to be like, please, God, let her just. <laughs> you know, imagine if he was j- would just start laughing whenever they got there and he's like, so here's the thing. Like, how embarrassed would you be if you were Lena? Like, really? I would yeah. be like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I would blush and be like, like, okay, so teenage me would be like, no, yeah. like, how dare you let me? But no, mm. now I'm like, whatever. me now would hope I'd be like, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, just kidding. We'll go somewhere else. Good. Like, one up and them. Like, <laughs> and tear away clothes. <laughs> sexy red sweater is another sexy red sweater. <laughs> it's just cropped. <laughs> yeah, have y'all heard the? F- sweaters that's what it is i have some <laughs> me sweaters yeah that's what they're called they're like v-necks a lot of them have like the buttons ah so a cardigan <laughs> no but you like wear them as a sweater so <laughs> ethan tried to object but lena was all giggles saying she wanted to just act normal for once so he did tell her that that was the neck and yeah. spot she's like <laughs> i know he noticed the bracelet on lena's wrist the one Alma gave Macon and told her to take it off. Then he explained everything that happened. <laughs> Stop! <laughs> you brought it up. <laughs> Me sweater that this fifteen-year-old is wearing, Caitlin. Have you seen fifteen-year-olds today? Yes, it disturbs me. I don't know. I was such a gawky fifteen-year-old. I hate. We them. all were. Have you seen our old pictures? <laughs> I was just a bitch, evidently. You were a gawky bitch. That's what <laughs> you definitely would have said something about me and my f- me sweater back then. I mean, yeah. <laughs> anytime I slightly had some cleavage going on, you'd be like, that's too much. And I would wear the same outfit the next day. <laughs> Pretty much. You had I, I was just jealous. <laughs> you had a one that was like really low cut. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why are you getting on to me? Because it's like, I mean, it was definitely to your sternum. I have these shirts that I literally wore this week that, like, at one point would go down too low. And I was like, I still have no boobs to, like, make this inappropriate, though. (laughs) Meanwhile, if I was wearing it, you'd be like, hey, your tits are out. (laughs) Not now, but back then. That would have been Caitlin. (laughs) Now I'm like, oh, girl, your tits are out. I just don't give any f***s anymore, I guess. (laughs) I think all three of us are like that, so... So this is our second time going through this. This is why I don't think we can focus on this. Is because <laughs> Honestly, like, I think we're a lot funnier this time. So. <laughs> it's okay. Let's just keep going. We're going. Ride that wave. Then he explained everything that happened last night, including where the bracelet had come from. But Lena didn't react how he expected. She was even less upset than him. Because he's like, they're trying to keep us apart. And Lena. she's like, what's the big? deal yeah i mean I she kind of she kind of laughs about it like yeah, okay like, sure. this, is, this is ethan's dramatic moment but lena's been f-ing dramatic this whole entire time so if i was ethan i'd be like lena what the f-? like <laughs> you're throwing fits and causing freaking earthquakes like but she's like yeah i'm a danger to society to you <laughs> and me and he's like they can't keep us apart lena <laughs> ethan maybe she doesn't feel the same way like maybe she's waiting for like an opportunity to be like phew that was a close one like man we, i guess we can't be together now <laughs> forget the heart on the ceiling ethan <laughs> that didn't mean anything it meant nothing <laughs> oh that'd be so interesting what if like like she did feel that way but then she was like just kidding 
Yeah, see, but that wouldn't work out because everybody would be like, we were shipping them. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, but that would be a point. That would be what garner interest. I just love manipulative SOBs. Like, <laughs> that's very on brand for you. <laughs> but, like, the female character is really interesting. She believed Macon and Alma were just trying to protect them from her if she turned. Ethan explained it wasn't just about her, but the loss. <laughs> It's not just you, you. Lena. It's the locket in my pocket. Ethan pulled the locket <laughs> from his pocket. <laughs> what? <laughs> Expecting them to blast into another vision. <laughs> Brain blast! Or like that that's a raven thing. <laughs> I can see into the future. future. But nothing happened. <laughs> That happens on That's a Raven sometimes, too. You remember those where it'd be like, and never mind. Ethan advised her to take off the bracelet. It must be messing with the locket. Lena said it was there for protection, but eventually pull up a blood. I gotta say this after reading stuff later on, where Ethan comes to these conclusions about stuff, and he's just so set in it. He's like, yes, the bracelet, that's why the locket isn't working. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that. And it happens so many times where he just... I mean, I guess it makes the book read faster because you get to the solution quicker, yeah. but you're also like, how does he know that, though? But it goes, but it goes uh, yeah, I guess it does. I just thought of that. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> you were saying it, and I was like, but Caitlin, we've already talked about this. <laughs> Have I read this before? <laughs> you're the one that brings it up, and then you forget about it. Are you going to make it on the couch there? You kind of no. <laughs> She's missing, like, she can't look at me, and she's trying to twist, but I keep leaning back. This is why you sit across from your dance, you know? We never sit <laughs> right next to each other on ours. We gotta play footsie from underneath the table. I'm the chaperone. <laughs> I love it whenever one of us is on one side and two of us are on the other because it feels like an intervention or something. Is that why you always Or like a, a deal, but I don't know who's in charge. <laughs> it's always Reba. <laughs> but is it the person with the two? Like, is it me and Reba or is it you? Is it an intervention or a job interview? you <laughs> or is it you being the principal being like okay you two need to stop fighting stop dynamic. writing those mean notes about each other on the bathroom <laughs> walls i think the dynamic change depending on the day the time and the yeah. how, how we are mentally how we are mentally how tired we are is. how much alcohol we've had two halves of a whole idiot right? <laughs> <laughs> and then there's reba maybe we can't sit together and that's actually the problem wait that was where we is. started this conversation yeah, full circle <laughs> also i'm the only lefty so this is how we know we've yeah. known each other for 20 years <laughs> anyway reba how about that one flashback all right flashback here we go wait how'd they get into the flashback she yeah, took she off the bracelet. the bracelet listen <laughs> the rain began almost immediately hard rain a downpour like the sky just opened up Ivy had always said the rain was God's tears. Today, Genevieve believed it. It was only a few feet, but Genevieve couldn't get there fast enough. She knelt down next to Ethan and cradled his head in her hands. His breathing was ragged. He was alive. No, no, not that boy, too. You take too much away. Too much. Not this boy, too. Ivy's voice reached a fever pitch, and she started to pray. Ivy, get help. I need water and whiskey and something to remove the bullet. Genevieve pressed the wadded material from her skirt into the hole Ethan's chest had filled just a few moments before. I love you, and I would have married you, no matter what your family thought, he whispered. 
Don't say that, Ethan Carterway. Don't you say that like you're going to die. You're going to be just fine. Just fine, she repeated, trying to convince herself as much as him. Genevieve closed her eyes and concentrated. Flowers blooming, newborn babies crying, the sun rising. (laughs) Birth, not death. She pictured the images in her mind, willing it to be so. The images ran in a loop over and over in her mind. Birth, not death. Ethan choked. She opened her eyes and their eyes met. For an instant, time seemed to stop. Then Ethan's eyes closed and his head rolled to one side. Genevieve closed her eyes again, visualizing the images. It had to be a mistake. He couldn't be dead. She had summoned her power. She had done it a million times before. Moving objects in her mother's kitchen to play tricks on Ivy. Healing baby birds that have fallen from their nests. Why not now, when it mattered? Ethan, wake up. Please wake up. When they re-entered reality, they saw Ethan Carter Waite's blood on the grass. Lena agreed that the bracelet was preventing them from the effects of the locket, but wondered why Macon told her the bracelet was for her protection. Maybe it is, Ethan said. That's just not the only thing it's for. Lena replied, you don't have to try to make me feel better. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I can't. She's, she annoys me. Right now, she annoys me. I think it's just my state of mind. They agreed that Emma and Macon were clearly hiding something. Really? No. Something they need to figure out before her birthday. I think reading on is what makes it more annoying right now. It's like, no <laughs> shit, Sherlock. <laughs> Lena said it must be that she's going dark. I will say, I think that's a problem with most, like, young, younger mm-hmm. demographic books is that they, like, have to spell it out a few yeah. times and that can be a bit annoying i like that for me who's so dumb and forgets things but like i'm not being dumb and forgetting things right now so i'm just annoyed by it <laughs> ethan didn't see what her going dark had to do with the locket honestly me reading it is also like well what what's the what's the no but what about it lena sighed i don't know but it doesn't matter none of it matters in four months i'm not going to be me anymore. You saw Ridley. That's what I'm going to turn into or worse. If my uncle's right and I am a natural, then I'll make Ridley look like a volunteer for the right cross. I'm going to be honest. It's really funny that there it says going to and all of us keep saying gonna. <laughs> Ethan hugged her, telling her not to think that way, but there was no way to stop it and she wanted to enjoy the time she had left. Aww. And as quoted from the book, I couldn't lose her. I wouldn't. Just the thought of never being able to touch her again made me crazy. Think down those basketball plays. <laughs> Crazier than being the least popular guy in school. Crazier than having Emma perpetually angry at me. Losing her was the worst thing I can imagine. Like I was falling. But this time, I would definitely hit the ground. I thought about Ethan Carter Waite hitting the ground, the red blood in the field. The wind began to howl. It was time to go. Don't talk like that. We're going to find a way. But even as I was saying it, I didn't know if I believed it. Dun, dun, dun. <sighs> One chapter down. <laughs> I really need y'all to get that sound so we don't have to keep it. <laughs> but the sound's just going to be me making it. Like, it's like <laughs> the actual sound's going to be dun, dun, dun. Okay, so it's October 13th. October. And, and the name of this chapter is Marion the Librarian. Marion the, the Librarian. And we still don't know how the song goes. I think we learned it for the last. No, we didn't. We listened to it and then we said, that's not memorable. But we... St- Today, we started singing um, Gary, Gary, Indiana. Indiana. 
Marion Librarian, the Marion Librarian, the Marion Librarian. I think last time we also started singing 76 trombones while marching into the room while Reba was waking up. So, <laughs> Yeah, you did. No repeats this time. Move it on. This, this one's now filmed at night while the other was filmed in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> Different energy. Definitely. Oh, much. <laughs> like three brain cells just in one. <laughs> Empty head, three brain cells. One, two, three. One, two, three. I was going to say, I'm the two brain cells. One, two, three. That's just where my finger went first. Uh, I appreciate it. People listening have no idea what you just wanted to do. It doesn't matter. Moving on. (laughs) Three days later, Ethan struggled getting over what he'd witnessed in the vision. He'd watched Ethan Carter Waite get shot and probably die. Ethan sat in a different seat than usual for lunch because of his ties to Lena. He didn't really care because he was so focused on the vision of Ethan Carter Waite. He decided that now that they knew about the other Ethan, they needed to find more stuff about Genevieve. They just know that other Ethan died. That's all they really know. Like, like he died. That he's obviously (laughs) related to the other Ethan Waite. Like, that's all we know. And I guess he um, was a deserter or whatever. Yeah. Like, they knew all that. Well, he's definitely not as interesting as the <laughs> caster. So, <laughs> there's that. Once Ethan got home, he was tempted to go into his dad's study, hoping to find some of his mom's stuff in there. His dad was in the shower, giving him full opportunity to take a peek. He reached towards the door <laughs> into the study. I forgot about it, too. Damn it. I was like, there's something here that we had to correct while reading the other day. We found it. <laughs> found it. He's not looking at his dad in the shower. <laughs> He's looking at his dad's study. <laughs> I mean... We don't know what Mr. White looks like. What if Mr. White's hot? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Wait, Daddy. Do we see his dad in the movie? I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember. Probably not, and I don't really care, but... We'll pretend it's Jonathan <laughs> Reese Myers that <laughs> definitely looking in that shower. I was thinking, uh, what, who is it, Timothy Oliphant? I was thinking that as his dad. Yeah. <laughs> I'd look at him in the shower, too. <laughs> I, I got no one in mind, because I was not picturing him as hot, so now I'm just like... I don't know, hot professor type. Maybe maybe it's just so, like the vague forbiddenness of it all that I'm like attracted to. Or like that who is he? <laughs> what is in the office? <laughs> no, I started picturing the office as kind of like a red room situation and I was like, whoa. It's forbidden to go in there, so you never know. There's definitely a sex swing or two in there. I was like, don't go in there! She's like, that's the one room I do not dust. Uh, that's not fair. Even said squeeze. Squeeze. Get dust on them. She's right next to the big oh, secretary. Not when you use them so often. They need some WD-40. They probably rust. Next to the antique oak secretary and... Emma, do you got some WD forty? I just fixed those door You're hinges. So squeaking. I just fixed those door hinges recently. Um, it's not for the door hinges. Right along, right along. Uh, I'm like it's right next. I am too. It's right next. Not to- like that. Not like that. Except Zaddy, wait. It's right next to his pinky and blue boy paintings on the wall that's staring 
I need to stop, but it keeps going. Zaddy Waits a lot more interesting than the Brisbane's, I gotta say. (laughs) He does ignore his child, but also he's Zaddy (laughs) Waits. He's Daddy Waits. Oh, it's hot in here. (laughs) While we're on a daddy thing, it's because (laughs) I've deemed Reba a plant daddy. So No, it was the delivery like So you're a plant daddy now. (laughs) It was very dry and amazing. Like I wanna know if you've been thinking about that the past five minutes. Or if it just came out. <laughs> no, it just came out. Genius, I tell you, genius. <laughs> we are among intelligence. <laughs> okay, I'm going to keep on going so I don't ruin the ride of Caitlin's phrase. <laughs> so Ethan decided to take a peek. <laughs> <laughs> but alas. He reached towards the door when he heard a click like it. the door was unlocking by itself. Come on, this is the study, not... Daddy White shower. shower. Alma stopped him before he could step in. <laughs> Don't go in there! <laughs> You're just a poor young boy! Your eyes have not seen enough of this world! She then asked if he was still going to the library to work on his project with Link. She's trying to distract him so he doesn't see what's in the library, in the study. <laughs> Ethan said yes! Seeing that as the perfect opportunity to search for answers. How Emma was like, aren't you going to the library to meet up with Link? And Ethan's like, yeah, I am. And it's kind of like Emma is like unintentionally pushing him to like go search for answers. I think we talked about that last time too. Interesting. I I don't think she thought that intently about it, but. I think she just didn't want him to see Daddy Wake's study. (laughs) Lena asked if he was sure there was something there that could help them. Ethan corrected, not something, someone. Ethan explained they were there to see Marion Ashcroft. She was like the youngest and most sane mortal. She was like, mm, wait, who knew, who knew most about Gatlin County? She's the youngest because she's not 100 years old like Alma yeah. and the sisters. They walked in to find Marion quoting a gr- Greek tragedy. <laughs> Ethan whispered, asking which one, and Lena answered, Antigone. I'm trying to think if that's right, because I don't think it is, and I think I made fun of it last time. No, okay, I remember. I said it right, but I think I looked at it, and I was like, is this anti-goni? Yeah, it looked that's like how it's it. spelled. Marion stood impressed and greeted Ethan and Lena. Then she closed the entire library. Oh, I said, I feel like her being like, I'm going to close the library now, wasn't saying much because I don't feel like the library is always popping, especially at nine o'clock at night. Yeah. I gotta say. It's very weird hours for a library. Yeah, I, I also brought up that most libraries don't stay open that late. <laughs> and in like a town like Gatlin, like who goes to the library? I gotta say. It who was, wants to go apparently learn? Apparently his great aunts do. Yeah. <laughs> Ethan assessed Marion's private archive, a place even his father had been rejected from entering. The room was filled with books, with maps hanging on the wall showing Ravenwood and Greenbrier. Reba, am I just talking sexy today? Because you keep giggling at me. <laughs> she said, You guys made it dirty, and now I can't stop thinking <laughs> Marion just reads smut. That's yeah. all that's there. Definitely. I can see that, actually. (laughs) Definitely. On the table laid a modern map of Gatlin with another map made of tracing paper laying on top of it. Next to it was a picture of the painting hanging in Macon's entrance with the locket. Ethan believed this woman to be Genevieve. He mentally told Lena they needed to tell Marion about the locket and 
Instead, Ethan inquired about the items on the table. Marion explained that they had to do with the last project his mother and her were working on. Lena then asked Marion about the picture of the painting. She told her it was Genevieve Duquesne. Genevieve Duquesne was your great-great-great-grandmother. She was an interesting character, really. Lila and I were tracing the entire Duquesne family tree for a project your Uncle Macon had been helping us with right up until last year. Marion took this opportunity to show Lena's genealogy, pulling out two family trees, the Duquesnes and the Ravenwoods. Ethan found it strange that the women in the family kept their last name even if they were married. Oh, my thoughts back then were a lot more intelligent than they are right now. Just Ethan being like, that's weird that they all kept their last name. I was like, that's kind of arbitrary, you know, because Duquesne is such a cool last name. Why not keep it? Yeah. Like, I understand, like, especially in Southern culture, taking on the man's last name in a heterosexual marriage is very common. So, I, I see why, and I see why he could be confused on that. Duquesne is a cool last name, though. Like, why not? It's just a thing in my family. The women keep the family name even after they're married. It's always been that way. It's often the case in bloodlines where the women are considered particularly powerful, Marion said. Ethan asked Marion why she and his mom were tracing the Duquesne family tree and what was the project they were working on. Marion told him they were mainly interested in the locket. They were looking for stuff about a love story involving a Confederate soldier and a beautiful mistress of Greenbrier. Ethan and Lena, of course, already knew. Marion showed them the letter that started the whole project. Lena scanned the letter, saying, You're desperately in love, but they're too different. A species apart, he calls them. Her family is trying to keep them apart and he's gone to enlist, even though he doesn't believe in the war, in the hope that fighting for the South will win him the approval of her family. Marion closed her eyes, reciting, I might as well be a monkey as a man, for all the good it does me at Greenbrier. Though merely mortal, my heart breaks with such pain at the thought of spending the rest of my life without you, Genevieve. Lena stated it was all just sad. Marion said that with love and war, it usually ends badly. Ethan inquired about the locket, like it wasn't in his pocket right now. <laughs> Marion explained, supposedly Ethan gave it to Genevieve as a troth of secret engagement. We'll never know what happened to it. Nobody ever saw it again. After the night Ethan died, Genevieve's father forced her to marry someone else. The legend has it, she kept the locket and it was buried with her. It was said to be a powerful talisman, the broken bond of a broken heart. Then... Ethan pulled out the locket and grabs Marion's hand to show her what lock what the locket shows them. He did not ask for her consent in this situation, <laughs> I gotta not. say. I've noticed Ethan doesn't necessarily ask no. for consent in certain You think ten years after this he's looking back being like, Man, I was kind of a jerk. Like mm. I needed to calm down. I don't know, maybe. I don't know if he makes it that far, but you bringing that up <laughs> reminds me of what how the end of, how the series is supposed to end. Reba, I don't know. We don't know. Spoilers. Reba. I'm not saying. The Ten rain. years later, back in the past. This is a flashback. <laughs> so we went from future to past. The rain battered down upon them. The winds kicked up, beginning to quell the flames, even though it was too late. Genevieve stared at what was left of the great house. She'd lost everything today. Mama, Evangeline, she couldn't lose Ethan, too. Ivy ran through the mud toward her, using her skirt to carry the things Genevieve had asked for. I'm too late. Lord in heaven, I'm too late, Ivy cried. She looked around nervously. Come, Miss Genevieve. There's nothing more we can do here. But Ivy was wrong. There was one thing. It's not too late. It's not too late. Genevieve kept repeating the words. You're talking crazy, child. She looked at Ivy desperate. I need the book. Ivy backed away, shaking her head. No, you can't mess with that book. Don't know what you're doing. Genevieve grabbed the old woman by the shoulders. Ivy, 
It's the only way. You have to give it to me. Don't know what you're asking. Don't know nothing about that book. Give it to me or I'll find it myself. Black smoke was billowing up behind them. Fire was spitting as it swallowed up what was left of the house. Ivy relented, picking up her tattered skirts and leading Genevieve out past what used to be her mother's lemming grove. Genevieve had never been past that point. There was nothing out here out there but cotton fields or at least that's what she had always thought or always been told and she had never had a reason to be in those fields except on the rare occasions when she and evangeline were playing a game of hide and seek but ivy's path was purposeful she knew exactly where she was going in the distance genevieve could still hear the sound of gunshots and piercing cries of her neighbors as they watched their own homes burn Ivy stopped near a bramble of wild vines, rosemary and jasmine snaking their way up the side of an old stone wall. There was a small archway hidden beneath the overgrowth. Ivy ducked down and walked under the arch. Genevieve followed. The arch must have been attached to a wall because the area was enclosed, a perfect circle, its walls obscured by years of wild vines. A place your mama didn't want you to know nothing about or you'd know what it was. In the distance, Genevieve could see tiny stones jutting from the tall grass. Of course, the family cemetery. Genevieve remembered being out there once when she was very young, when her great-grandmother had died. She remembered the funeral was at night, and her mother had stood in the tall grass in the moonlight, whispering words in a language Genevieve and her sister hadn't recognized. What are we doing out here? You said you wanted that book, didn't you? It's out here. Ivy stopped and looked at Genevieve, confused. Where else would it be? You sure you want to? We don't have time for this. Genevieve reached for the handle, but there wasn't one. How does it open? The old woman stood on her toes, reaching high above the door. There, illuminated by the distant light of the fires, Genevieve could see a small piece of smooth stone above the door with a crescent moon carved into it. Ivy put her hand over the small moon and pushed. The stone door began to move, opening with the sound of stone scraping stone. Ivy reached for something on the other side of the doorway. Candle. I was thinking about the family cemetery thing, and I was like, my family actually does have a family cemetery here. Kind of have one, but not really. I mean, it's not, like, officially titled and, like, have a sign over it, but, like, everyone calls it by our last name, that cemetery, because there are many people that had that last name that were buried there. The candlelight illuminated the small room. It couldn't have been bigger than a few feet wide all around. In the center of the room, there was a weathered stone table with an old wooden box lying in it. The box was modest by any standard. The only adornment was a tiny crescent moon carved on its lid. The same carving of the, from the stone above the door. I'm not touching it. Ivy said quietly, as if she thought the box itself could hear her. Genevieve lifted the lid gently. The book's jacket was cracked black leather, now more gray than black. There was no title, just the same crescent moon embossed on the front. Genevieve lifted the book tentatively. Why doesn't it have a name? Genevieve asked. Just because a book doesn't have a title don't mean it have a n- has don't have a name. That right there is the Book of Moons. She flipped through the pages. There were hundreds of casts. Then she saw it, the binding spell, to bind death to life. Genevieve rested the book on the ground next to Ethan. 
her finger on the first verse of the incantation. Ivy grabbed her wrist and held it tight. This isn't any night for this. Half moons are for working white magic. Full moons for working black. No moon is something else altogether. I don't have a choice. This is the only night we have. Miss Genevieve, you need to understand. Those words are more than a cast. They're a bargain. I don't care about the price. We're talking about Ethan's life. I've lost everyone else. That boy don't have no more life. It's been shot right out of him. Genevieve knew Ivy was right. Her mother had warned her, and eventually and often enough, about respecting natural laws. Crossing a line none of the casters in her family would ever would have ever dared. They were all gone now. She was the only one left, and she had to try. I just, we got off our high, so now we're all really tired. There were a few things, like, listening to that, where reading later in the book, I'm like, hmm. So, Lena screamed. No! Letting go of their hands. Genevieve went dark because she was using dark magic. Ethan reminded Lena that she and Genevieve were not the same person. Lena said, She is me. That's why the locket wants me to see this. It's a warning for me to stay away from you so I don't hurt you after I go dark. Marion told her, You are not claimed, Alina. You're neither good nor bad. This is just what it feels like to be 15 and a half in the Duquesne family. I've known a lot of casters in my day and a whole lot of Duquesnes, both dark and light. Lena looked in disbelief. Marion continued, You are not going to dark. You're as melodramatic as Macon. Now calm down. Marion's just so helpful. I gotta say. I kind of love her, though, because I would be like, calm down. You're not going dark. You're just a 15-year-old. Like, get over it. You just would say the same thing. But you're like, she's not helpful. I love it. not saying it. I I wouldn't be helpful either. I kind of love it, though. And I love how she's just like, this is just how it feels to be 15. The way you said dark magic earlier made me think of the last Harry Potter movie, when he's talking to Helena Ravenclaw, the ghost about the diadem, and he's like, he defiled it with dark magic. Dark magic. Marion asked to see the locket. Lena and Ethan asked how they could trust her. She explained that she's neutral as a mortal. She's called a keeper. A mortal who is entrusted... (laughs) She's called a keeper. A mortal who is entrusted with the history of the Castro world. Imagine, like, her introduction. She spins and smiles, and underneath it's like, keeper. (laughs) I'm Marion, and I'm the keeper. And you're watching Disney Channel. That's all I can see right now. I hate hate to tell you this, but that's basically what this entire f***ing book is. Yeah. I'm like, I am this thing that's capitalized randomly, so you know it's important. big red. <laughs> Ethan asked if she had the Book of Moons. I read that as the Book of Mormons for a hot second. That's, That's a, a different, different musical. We're on the Music Man right now. Thank you. I just quoted Bring It On, so... <laughs> which is also a musical. Gotta put that out there. She vaguely answered. Ethan asked if she had the Book of Moons. She vaguely answered, saying it was in her job description not to give bumps. Whoa, 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 man. (laughs) Sorry, can't tell ya. Not involved. I'll tell you just enough to make you have more questions, but nothing else. I'm a librarian, but I'm an unhelpful librarian. This is why kids in books and in fictional worlds do not trust adults because they're like, I'm gonna tell you a little bit, but not enough. I gotta stay on neutral ground kind of makes me think of bob's burgers the <laughs> librarian the school librarian oh yeah he's like don't do it do it <laughs> he like says, That's all, literally of this, what it says is. all of this stuff and then says yeah. under his breath do it this way <laughs> there's an episode, i kind of love it like there's an episode where tina's a witch or wants to be a witch <laughs> and he's like 
oh yeah she's a terrible witch here's how to be a good witch or something and he like throws it like how do you know about witches he's like maybe i am one (laughs) so ethan stood back a little offended she told him she could never interfere even if it hurt the people that she loved ethan stated that's fine he'll just walk into the caster library (laughs) the audacity of this man teenage (laughs) this teenage man He's like, I can't grow facial hair, but I can walk into the caster library. <laughs> I haven't hit my full puberty yet, but... I'm a mortal with the M capitalized. I can do what I want. <laughs> I'm a mortal. I can do whatever I want. My girlfriend, who's not my girlfriend, but might be my girlfriend, because she called me her boyfriend while I was passed out. <laughs> while I was passing out. She's a powerful caster, so... Who's definitely in- not going dark. dark. This is MTV. Welcome to my crib. We're basically... <laughs> fated to be together after our ancestors like died in each other's arms so anyway i mean i'm totally not at fault and my family's totally not at fault for uh, her family being dark or light that's beside the point uh, then lena said she wanted to go to the library the caster library you know marion told her that she would gladly take her the next time it was open it seemed the caster library had irregular hours much to lena and ethan's chagrin that's where we end this chapter anything to add the episode we had to (laughs) re-record an entirely different vibe from the original i know it is is. better worse we'll never know okay so we all usually prefer the original the first right (laughs) so like we all usually prefer an original the first whenever the first is always better right yeah but what if it's not what if it's not what if the sequel's better so let's talk about some sequels that were better cinderella 3 (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna ride that way we've also had this conversation before we had this conversation before and she tried to get me to disagree like she was like i don't know about that no i rewatched it since then and it is glorious (laughs) it is the best sequel ever for comical reasons where you're like this is so bad that it's great i feel that way about a lot of things (laughs) i don't even know if that's it (laughs) (laughs) you're like just good but if it's just good i mean prince charming's got way more personality i mean that's a plus he's a dumb bitch in it but he's definitely got hey, more personality hey, some people are just dumb bitches and that's okay <laughs> like the whole if do not know what this is because i'm pretty sure it was a direct to dvd it was and even like the animation is vastly different i mean it was it a was, lot later yeah it was like in the 90s yeah you know but anyway the premise is that one of the evil stepsisters gets her hands on the the fairy godmother's wand <laughs> <laughs> i got in the wand no that would be a twist in time uh, <laughs> got the fairy godmother's wand and so the stepmother like changes it up to where it's the stepsister that wands like who they think that the prince danced with but it was really cinderella she's like well this just isn't fair prince charming is always like no i don't quite think this is the girl that i like he's just very unsure he's like they are, bring- are you sure this is the girl <laughs> yeah. like they bring her in like because you know if they found her she he like squints and turns his head to the side like it could be (laughs) the slipper fits and he's like uh i think there was a mistake here something Uh, went wrong charming your strategy to find the girl is a little flawed i think that's (laughs) the error uh somebody was talking about that and it was uh 
because it's a glass slipper, it would have to fit perfectly. I don't know. Yeah, that's what they're going for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably not. <laughs> yeah. No. Anyway, he looks at the stepsister. I can't remember which one it is. I mean, I can see her, but I don't know her name. I don't even know, remember one's name. I think one's Drusilla. And yeah, I can't that's remember. all I remember. <laughs> He's like, uh, yeah, I'm going to get you a ride home because I just don't. And she had too much of that wand. <laughs> yeah, so he's trying to back out of it, and of course they do something with the wand again to make him think, oh no, this is the person I danced with. But he, like, every time something happens, he gets very confused on what's going on. Love that for him. At one point, he he's himself not a dumb bitch. He's just been vastly manipulated. <laughs> like, like him and his dad, the king, are on the staircase at one point, and he's like, the king's like, if you take one more step down these stairs, and he's like, uh, okay, and he eats himself out of the window. <laughs> it's glorious. It's one of those, like, did that just happen? <laughs> on this direct uh, VHS movie? Did that just happen? It did. It's way better than Cinderella. <laughs> Fight me on it. I, like, vaguely remember this movie. I think I've seen it one time, and one time only. I watched it, like, I guess... I don't know if we rented it or like found it or something whenever I was like eight years old and sick one day. So we came home from the doctor and watched it. I remember that. It's on Disney Plus for any yeah. of y'all that want to watch it. Let's watch it. Not Let's right now. It. Not, Not right, right now. now. Movies? I honestly can't think of any. I'm ba- going, I'm said, trying to think of things based off what you guys say. So I said Frozen 2. It's an emotional Indiana. roller coaster. The songs, I mean, nothing's let it go, but I think because nothing is let it go, that's what makes them so epic. Into the Unknown is like, oh my gosh, and Show Yourself makes me cry my little eyes out every time. I just, I'm like, she, it was in her all along. Like, she didn't need to find anyone. It was in herself. Spoiler alert. But like, and then the freaking like climax of the movie is so emotional. It's such a journey. It's so good. I feel like I should add at this point that I still haven't seen Frozen 2. Oh my gosh, it's so good. I know some people are like, eh. it's a really great sequel, I gotta say. Shrek 2. Shrek Shrek 2. It's definitely. I think because Shrek becomes a human, everyone just like rides that train and everything. And we got Puss in Boots. <laughs> I don't know. I think for me, what makes Shrek 2 so great? The fairy godmother? It's the fairy godmother. And Prince I Charming. need a hero. That part. Oh my gosh. That whole sequence is amazing. I just thought of it. Like it's just hilarious. I literally like, just say it <laughs> it's so funny and like they just put them on netflix so i've made my kids watch them like on repeat oh, like geez. one or two just the fact that they're the evil villains in this mm-hmm. and like and they're the best yeah and i mean like it's so funny like it's mm-hmm. just funny like he's where he goes to find fiona and the fox <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> he's like what is how i don't i just like comedy apparently like it's just yeah. like really funny situation it's like, the first one was really good. The second one was, like, next level. And then the rest were not good. Um, And then another one, which is such a classic to me, is Toy Story 2. I think because it has Jesse and it has, like, the toy store and everything. And all the other toys are going to find Woody. And it's, it's just great. And the whole, like, really weird makeover scene of Woody that everyone is, like, kind of disgusted by. But also is super interesting. You remember what we thought of last time when we did this? No. We were talking about, yeah... But one was good. It had Mrs. Potato Head in it. And then we're like, wait a minute. Mrs. Potato Head wasn't <laughs> in the first Potato one. Potato Head wasn't in the first one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
we need some more female power, you know? The one thing about one is that kids, Sid, and his weird toys, and you know he turns out to be a serial killer. No, he becomes a truck. Yeah, he becomes a garbage garbage man, man. doesn't he? He's a serial killer. Secretly. What what do you think (laughs) goes in that trash compactor? (laughs) He he saves toys. It's like in the last one, he saves toys. Oh, sure, Disney, sure. He saves toys from the people he kills. I don't trust that kid. That's terrifying. The hooker Barbie, you know that one? It was the Barbie legs with the hook, so it was a hooker. Those are my movies. Oh, I had two TV shows because, like, the first season is whatever, but then it gets better for, like, a little bit. Like, it hit its peak, and that was The Office and Parks and Rec. Yeah, we all know this. We all know this. Although, I would say um, I thought of it a bit different. Like, when we were thinking of this, I was thinking, like spinoff series oh okay yeah and i definitely think frazier okay yeah 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 is better than cheers can't think of any other ones i haven't really watched either of those so i've seen episodes from them but i still agree um and then i have a whole list of books most of which you know, i've read some of these the akatar series mm-hmm. i've i've written this one book two is my livelihood book one it is what it is yeah. it's not even like i hate it like i was just so bored for the first good bit and then my second read was so much better because i knew what was gonna happen and then book two was just like next level and i would say like after that as far as the series goes it's fine like i still love it because i fall in love with the characters and everything the thing about that was i actually really liked book one and then when book two happened i was like oh my god this is so much better Mm -hmm. like i really liked book one i was just the whole time like "Mm, tamlin's okay like this is okay but like Feyre's kind of boring at this point i was like she needs a little bit of substance (laughs) and then she gets all the trauma (laughs) yeah the trauma really just sold me because i was she has your characters need something to grow off of so give them some problems so maybe a quarter thorns and roses should have been a prequel i'm not gonna get into (laughs) other books by that author and it's the same like every series she's written the hunger games catching fire that one i do agree with i think we all agreed on that one the arena and all the different characters in catching fire and just like the buildup of the plot as a whole in the series i just thought was really good yeah like if there's a movie out of that entire series that i would rewatch, it's always that one yeah it doesn't make me cry as much, like which I don't, I don't know if I cried when Rue died, but it made me really sad. We do lose some characters in Catching Fire, you know. Max, may she rest in peace. I think it's more like this is like the first one was like getting back at the Capitol, but the second one's like really mm-hmm. getting back at the. It's Capitol. like every death really meant something. It's like a it- group effort mm-hmm. at this point. I have my weird one, New Moon. I don't know why. <laughs> you will always comment on that one and I'm just like, I don't know. I don't like Edward. That's my explanation. I don't like Edward. I think the wolves are more interesting because we don't know enough about the vampires for them to be interesting, I gotta say. Which what do we know about the wolves as well? But I like the wolves I like have more history that could be involved. I like my boys, like the Pat, Brotherhood, you know. <laughs> Jacob being super obnoxious the whole time. That movie theater scene. That scene. I've talked about it before, but I watched this guy on YouTube called The Dom, and he went over, like, Twilight series. I think he preferred New Moon mm-hmm. because he doesn't like Edward at all. Mm-hmm. And Jacob in this one's like super sweet and like you know, he's like why don't you like this yeah. guy and then eclipse is like he made it. he titled it the character assassination of jacob yeah. <laughs> 
I also think it's interesting because I've read another series recently where like the first book was the couple getting together and everything. And the second book, they're like pulled apart the whole time. And you follow along like the female character and watch her growth and watch her interact with other people. And I kind of feel that way about New Moon where like you're like, oh, Bella can be around other people. This is what she's like without Edward. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, you don't have to be so self-reliant. But then there was no growth after that, I feel other than horniness <laughs> just have sex with me edward <laughs> oh the shiver series or the wolf's mercy falls i said linger just because i was more entertained by that one I agreed and, and we all know why yeah i agreed with you on that one too i, di- I disagreed shiver as a whole yes as a as a as a start to a series, it's one of the best books. Yes. I think it's a sta- it could be a standalone. It could. Oh yeah, yeah. Linger had me flying through parts of it because, like, I wanted to get to certain characters and certain interactions and everything, and that may just be me. Like, I like how you're just like holding your cards to your, close to your chest, <laughs> even though we did a whole. <laughs> Exactly. And if our audience listen, they know that Cole and Isabel have my heart. (laughs) And I search for them everywhere. I'm like, which couple? Which people? Um, And then get into some where I know y'all haven't read the Shatter Me series. I've only read the first two books, but like the first book is one thing. And then the second book, the villain becomes like the love interest. We all know I love that. And I was just like, wait, hold up. Because the first book, you're like, who's this guy? Because the other guy, you're like, "Mm, whatever. The other guy's name is Adam. And we've gone over that. (laughs) (laughs) The villain guy, you're like, who are you? What's your trauma? And then you find out more. And in the second book, you're like, oh, okay give me more trauma (laughs) give me more all the trauma but i haven't read the rest of that series i know he just gets better and the other one doesn't so we all know what i look for and it's the romance and trauma the romance romance. um the shadow hunter books after like city of bones and city of ashes i love city of glass still i haven't read it in like 10 years but i love city of glass and then the series obviously like it's gonna get better with time that's just how it goes and she has so many series in the same world where it has the opportunity to get better and grow but like honestly it just gets better like the most recent series i'm like oh my gosh this is amazing and it's not even plot it's just like the character and the world love it and there's always like yeah i read a lot of kindle books ku books and it's always a series that I find where the second or the third book actually has the tropes that I'm interested in. And so obviously it does get better where I read the first one. I'm like, okay, that was fine. And then I just keep on going and it gets better and better and better. All I can think about are examples of where I liked the first book more and I hated the rest of it. So, or the first I feel like that's so much more common because it's hard to like come back with a sequel that works. You got to know what you're doing. I think my thing is, is that when reading, I think this is more of the reading for me, is that I get a certain vibe in the first book. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this is a great book. And then when I get to the second book, the second book, the vibe changes. Yeah. So I don't feel like it's a cohesive thing. Yeah. I gotta say a really big one with that and I was just talking about with Akotar how like she does certain things with the books where it feels like a prequel because it's very much like that. The first two books 
are completely different from the rest of the series. And that's why the third book was so like polarizing to me where I was like, what is this? Like, what is going on? Because it's a whole other world. But then you keep on reading. You're like, okay, I get it. I actually like this better in some ways. So I could see that. Uh, the only one I can really think of that I just absolutely love is uh, Godfather Part 2. Mm-hmm. Don't watch Godfather Part 3 because you're just going to hate yourself. But Godfather Part 2 goes back and he, it tells the story of how the dawn came to be. Another thing about animated things when it comes to sequels is that sometimes the animation changes. Yeah, the oh, animation yeah. And I hate changes. that too. I, I just, I don't like it whenever there's a sequel just for the sake to have a sequel and the money issue of it all, which is why stuff like Frozen, for example, Frozen came out and was an absolute hit. And whenever I saw there was going to be a sequel first, I was like, oh no, like this isn't going to work. But in my opinion, they managed to like, they, they found something to go off of, like even, you know, Elsa's story of her like figuring out her powers and everything. Like you realize she's still not happy. She's still missing something, even yeah. though like it had a conclusion. She in the first one, it was like, oh, she's happy. But to have a sequel, you got to create more problems for your characters. And I felt like they did a good job. And some, it just like, they create problems that I'm like, that's one thing about like romance books and movies and stuff. Whenever there's a sequel, I'm like, you got together. What's interesting now? You're going to have a miscommunication or break up for some stupid reason. Like you got to find something. But immediately why I hated the sequel to the book Infinite Days, because spoilers for anyone who even cares, her main love interest supposedly dies. So she gets together with this other oh, guy. Oh, no. Yeah. You told me about this and I was like, never going to read it. Yeah. And then so she gets together with this other guy and then this guy that she's with ends up being the bad guy and her other love comes back to life somehow. Oh my gosh. That's some YA bullshit right there. And I was like, I hate the sequel. The first book's great. Sequel? No. I mean, there's okay for there to like be a happy conclusion in the first one, but there's still to be problems that as a reader were like, this could come up again because then you got the problems for later on. I don't like sequels to anything and for the most part, like romance. I don't want to see that. Like, I think that's also my problem with a movie that my mom really likes when a man loves a woman, which Mm -hmm. I talked about earlier or a while back where it's about a married couple that are struggling and um, the wife's an alcoholic and all the man ever does is, you know, try to love her as best he can. I hated it. I hated it all the way through. And I think it (laughs) suffers from the same problem of sequels. It's the story isn't necessarily finished, but it's not how it's supposed to be. Like, because once you get married Mm -hmm. or you're happily ever after in the first book and you go into the second book and it's something totally toxic and you're like, I don't like this anymore. Yeah. Yeah, that's... I feel like a lot of times that's what happens in romances, which is why, like, I'm not the kind of person who, like, after they see the first movie, they're like, oh, I want a second movie because I want to see these characters more. Mm -hmm. It's like, I want short clips of, like, their interactions for certain situations, not, like, an entire second movie. That's why I love a slow burn and then the epilogue. Yeah. Because I finally get to that point after, you know, 500 pages and I get the epilogue and they're happy and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so cute. But yeah, that's why a lot of the romance series I read, um, they're like companion novels. So like in the sequel, quote unquote, which you don't have to read them in order, but in the sequel, you still see glimpses of the people before and you get to see them being happy and in love or having their problems or whatever, but they're not main priority. Yeah. 
So thank you so much for listening to uh, today's episode. Let's try vocal fry bye. And please remember to follow us on Instagram at Let's Call Nothing Pod. And we will see you next time. Bye. bye. <laughs>